So today's episode is a doozy and I don't even know how to introduce it. Storytelling is the most powerful tool that you can ever have in your arsenal. And in today's episode, we talk about the four biggest mistakes that people make in storytelling so you don't make them and give you a step-by-step framework to master your storytelling. You'll never need a copywriter again. Anything, you use this framework for social media posts, emails, sales pages, and it's broken down with a gift that when you listen to the episode, you get an entire free training that most people have to pay thousands of dollars for from our special guest today on the power of storytelling. So I'm going to shut up now so we can get into the episode and I might even yell a little bit in this one. So without further ado, let's get into the show. Welcome or welcome back to the Mind of George podcast. My job here is to help heart-centered marketers and entrepreneurs ethically scale their businesses by deepening your relationships with your customers, your employees, and yourselves. I'm a little bit crazy and I'm super stoked to have you, but if you haven't joined my crazy family yet, just go to mindofgeorge.com and remember that relationships will always beat algorithms. Now, couple housekeeping notes here in the intro. Please remember to subscribe, leave a review, even if you tell me that I belong in a mental institute and I'm just a little bit crazy, but I'm here to support you, I'm okay with that as well. Otherwise, keep listening because we have some gold for you today. All right, so I'm really excited about today's episode, but I'm going to tell you something. I hate the awkward pause when I record these episodes because me in silence for 10 seconds on the front of this is the most uncomfortable thing I've ever done in my life because I really just like talking. So you guys, you're in for a doozy today. We are going to be talking about the power of storytelling, story, story in general, storytelling. And really, it's probably one of the most underutilized topics that I see in the world of business, entrepreneurship, or life. Since we're humans, we emote and we relate with stories. Story creates credibility. Story creates bridges. Stories allow us windows into like real authentic feelings and exploration of what those things are. And so today, uh, we have our dear friend Elia, and she is going to be talking about story, the power of storytelling and a lot of things. But before we get into the power of story in typical George fashion, I'm going to ask Elia a question to kick off. I'm not even going to let her talk about herself. Here we go. So Elia, what is the biggest mistake that you have ever made in business and what did you learn? Oh, I love that question. Uh, The biggest mistake that I ever made in business was hands down, not taking control and putting my fate into somebody else's hands. Hands down, that was the biggest mistake. And I just learned that I can only be in control of what I do Mm. and not what somebody else does. And that in order to live the life that I want to live, I'm going to have to do it myself and my way. I love that. I love that. That's the first time I've gotten that answer. And actually one of my buddies, Rome posted the other day, he posted a picture and he said, nobody's coming to save you. You have to save yourself. And I, I think, I actually think that's a lesson. I think I've probably learned that lesson. No, no, no. I've experienced that lesson hundreds of times. I've learned it once. Um, but I experienced a lot and a lot and a lot. And I feel like I just broke through a big plateau with that one. What was it like, what was it that helped you learn that? Like where, how did it affect you? Like, how do you notice it? How do you keep your kind of like spidey senses up to make sure that it doesn't happen again? Yeah. So I, uh, worked for other people for a long time and I was always the kind of employee, like I put everything into the businesses that I built with other people. Mm -hmm. And actually, funnily enough, when I had both my children, I was supporting my family. I was the driven career kind of person. 
And both times that I had my kids, like the same week that I had my kids, the businesses that I was a part of collapsed. And the second time it happened to me, I was, I remember specifically being on the couch with my husband, absolutely in tears, like, not only what are we going to do, but why is this happening again? Mm -hmm. And my husband looked at me and he was like, this is happening because you won't do it yourself. And that was the moment for me that I was like, Ooh, like, okay, thanks for the tough love, honey. But like, totally right. Totally right. And so that's why, you know, we make the choice to be entrepreneurs in it and we make the choice to kind of go through the struggles of it, but I will never put that back in somebody else's power again, where I spend my time putting so much of my heart into it, but then the outer circumstances are not in my control. And so, yeah, I think, I think that's, I trust me, I've had plenty of those moments. My, my wife is an absolute angel. Um, And sometimes it feels like the devil with how sharp it lands and how good it is, which means I know it's just pure wisdom and, you know, divine love coming through me, right? Like being the messenger. And what I do want to say too, and I think, I think this is important too. It's not, it doesn't mean that you should never work for anybody either. I think more of it, it's more so about like alignment and congruency than it is about like either being an entrepreneur or not an entrepreneur, right? Like it's about, yeah. 100% responsible, right? Because like, I remember I've actually worked for people and I've loved it. Like I felt more taken care of than doing it myself, but you got to make sure that all the cards are on the table, right? Expectations are handled. Communication is clear, right? Because you get expectation hangover and things like that. So that's a, that's a, I feel like that's a life lesson, a business lesson and a lesson that requires intentionality and practice every single day to kind of check in to see, Oh yeah, to see where yeah. we are. Right. And so, yeah. And, and I think, yeah. And I think it was really like along those lines, it wasn't even so much that I needed to be an entrepreneur. It was that I needed to trust myself. Well, totally. And I, I think that's the big takeaway. These are lessons that I've learned, right? Like we're in the craziness of the world right now. And whether you're listening to this in 2020 or 2024, it could be crazy again. I think there's always been craziness, but I think um, it's easy. I, I don't know about you, but I feel like there's times where it's easy to fall into the comfort of things working, right? Like, oh, it's going to handle itself or that deal's going to close itself or that customer's going to get the results themselves or that client's going to pay on time by themselves or they're going to sign the contract on time. And there's almost like this, we want it to be that way, but it kind of advocates our responsibility and then we don't like the bed that we built and it's not that comfortable to sleep in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Big time. Well, so yeah, totally. I actually I actually think that's a good segue to what we're going to talk about today. But before we do that, um, everybody knows that I always make everybody drop the best of the best of the best on the episodes. And so at the end of the episode, I know what you're going to be sharing with people, but it's probably one of the most powerful tools and frameworks that anybody can have in their business or life. And so can you tell everybody what you're going to be sharing with them at the end of the episode so they can listen, take notes and put it into practice immediately? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So in the most simplest terms, I'm going to give you my three-part framework that I use to create stories. It takes away all the complication of storytelling and helps you to see the world in storytelling lenses and then being able to capture those stories that you see around you and actually put them into some kind of content for your business or into your marketing. And so it's just a really, really simple, extremely powerful three-part framework. Sweet. I love it. I love it. So now, like when we think about story, right? Like when I think about story, like it's really easy to hear the word story and be like, oh yeah, it's like something you say, right? Um, But I know that there's a lot of levels that come into story, right? And one of them is, you know, I I had this advice a long time ago when it comes to book writing, right? Like you can't write a book that you're in the middle of. You can't tell a story 
that you're in the middle of. You have to be on the other side of it, right? And so oh, yeah. how did you discover, like first, how did you discover the power of story? And then second, how did you realize that when you learned that ability, that it could be beneficial and really kind of help catapult, right? Because I think there's parts of story where like people are listening to this, I listen to this, right? And like you've actually documented, wrote my story for me, which is going to be on your website, by the way. Um, actually, for everybody wondering where to find Ellie, I'll make this really easy. She has like the best domain ever. It's heyelia.com, H-E-Y-E-L-I-Y-A.com. And she's actually going to have up there my story that she extracted using that framework for me. But I think there's two parts of it, right? I think there's a lot of people that listen to this, entrepreneurs, business owners, anything that have a story in them, right? But you have this like, how do I know if it's a story? How do I know it's worth sharing? Do I use it? Do I need it? Or you already know what it is and you kind of don't share it and have it out there. You suppress your voice. So can you just kind of like give me the background of like your experience? Like how did you fall into story? Where did story become so powerful for you? You you like realize it was a, a tool that you could utilize. Like it's kind of an interesting concept, right? Like you like are a yeah. storyteller. And so you got here somehow, like you weren't born that way. So I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And it's so funny that you say, how did I fall into it? Cause I totally a hundred percent, I literally fell into it. Um, I had a friend of mine, uh, who was like, Hey, do you want to, you know, work with me and, and write some stories and build this kind of company. And it would happen to be in horse racing. Um, and I was like, I love horses. I grew up in horses. It's what I'd done my whole life. I was like, yeah, sure. Thinking to myself like, ah, yeah, I'll just put something together. Not knowing that I was a storyteller at all. Um, I wrote, the first story that I wrote for that company went nuts. It went banana. It broke all the records for downloads on their website and hits on their social media. I mean, it just like broke everything. And I was like, wow, I think I might be kind of good at this. <laughs> and it really came out of that. And that turned into building a community of people really based on exceptional storytelling. So how can we get someone closer to the thing that they love or desire the most in the world through telling stories that take them there? And so we did that. We told stories that created community. And that kind of helped me segue into seeing how the power of it in marketing, that it builds community and it builds, it brings people closer to the thing that they want the most because you can tell the story that helps them see that and that helps them take them, take their, take them there. Um, and so that's really how it like started for me was I had no idea I was any good at it. Now, did you, did you already, were you already like writing or quote unquote copywriting or, or how did the whole thing nope. came about? They're like, Hey, we're, we're going to launch this business or we have this company. It's about horse racing and we want to document the journey. We want to tell stories. Hey, Elia, um, you've never written before. We don't know if you can do this. Can you do this? Was it kind of that? Literally, it was that. It was that. It was through a connection that I had made and we had kind of joked about it in the past. There was somebody else that had done it in the same field and I was, I was, we were joking about um, sort of like, yeah, I could do that. Sure, I could do that. It's just storytelling, right? It kind of came out of that. I was like, it's just kind of telling stories. But then when I did it, I got smacked in the face with like, no, this is very powerful. <laughs> well, this is powerful stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I actually want to ask you about that, right? Like that's I've had a lot of that. I think entrepreneurs, people in life in general, like one of the gifts is that we get to try a lot of things and then something lands for us. It resonates with us. And it's like, hey, this doesn't feel like work. This feels like flow. Like this doesn't feel like something I have to do. Like I'm excited about this, right? 
But I, I don't imagine that like you came into this and like you wrote your first story and you're like a Pulitzer Prize winner, right? Like you get into this where like it worked and it worked, right? And then you had to kind of start looking at it from a different lens. You had to go through right. probably a process of like, wait, is this me? Is this what I'm doing? Is this like how I'm going to shift? Like, how did it feel for you? Because like, I remember like the first time I wrote a book or I launched an app or I had a conversion, right? You're like, oh, I'm going to do this. I know I can do this. I know I can do this. And for me, once the result came, I was like, wait, I, I have to do this now. Wait, what is this that I'm doing? Like, was that luck? Was it there? Like, did you experience any of that? Like, I call it like the the success guilt that comes or the success reflection, right? You're like, oh, wait, it worked. Oh, yeah. uh, why did this work? What was it? Like, what was that like for you? Oh, yeah. Well, that was a long process for me because storytelling like wasn't something that I came into in like an analytical way. It was like very natural. And then it was working and it was converting. And then I got into the copywriting side of things and using the same tactics and seeing that that was working. And then I had to kind of backtrack and be like, okay, but like, why is this working? I had no idea. And the, the creating the framework was probably the most difficult thing for me to get to because storytelling is such an abstract concept and people love to complicate it like crazy. Um, and it just worked for me. So yeah, I totally had that of like, I don't know what I, I like, and I don't know how I can help other people do this. And I knew that the power of it, like I had experienced how incredible it was so many times. Um, and the communities that we created and all the results that we were getting, but more than that, the people that would send me messages being like, Oh, I read this article that you wrote, or I read this piece that you wrote. And like, I cried or I, you know, laughed or it reminded me of something else or would just come out and like, openly share with me their own stories. So I knew the power of it, but I was like, how the heck am I going to translate this into something that's tangible? Um, so there was a ton of, of like, yeah, maybe I'm good at it, but like, I can't help anybody else this way. Totally. Totally. That was hard. Totally. So like, there's almost like this acceptance, right? Like you're like, okay, like I did this. I said I would do this. I have it. Now I have to own this. Yeah. Right? Like I have to own this. Right. So let me ask you this. What were you doing before you wrote stories for this company. <laughs> I was working with my family. Uh, we were raising racing greyhounds. Oh, that's what we did. Okay. Yeah. So we raised, so like totally. So in the animal world, cause I'd have been in the animal world my whole life from the time I was 14 as a business, mm -hmm. I was doing animal stuff. Um, but we had a greyhound kennel, incredible state of the art kennel and raised puppies from the ground up in the number one, like, care first, love first, everything. Uh, and I was doing that. So it was totally different. So what you're telling so me was, is you were born into entrepreneurship and copywriting and storytelling, right? Like, yeah, it just took me a while. You were just born, you were born into it, right? No, I, I actually think that's an important part. Like, I think that's really interesting and, and definitely warranted to like pay attention to the where, you know, like what it sounds like is that you said yes to an opportunity. You believed in yourself in that opportunity. And you're like, you know what? Like, it's not a big deal, right? I'm going to do it knowing that you'd be tenacious or disciplined enough or intentional enough to figure it out. And then you obviously got to a point where you were like, okay, I'm going to write stories now. And then you had to start making some decisions, right? So did you yeah. write stories for this company while still raising greyhounds or like what, what was that like for you? Yeah, actually what happened was um, we were raising greyhounds. It was with my family and I had my son in October and in 
November, we had a really horrific incident happen in the family. And I had everybody around me disappear. Mm. <laughs> I lived next door to my, my family and they had to leave for their own safety. And I was a brand new mother and had all my, my entire support system beside my husband. They left. And I literally, it came out of necessity. Mm. It was like, I got to do something. And it just, you know, it was amazing because I was good at it and it supported our family, ended up supporting our family. But, um, the transition wasn't something that I made on purpose. Mm -hmm. It was purely out of necessity. And the same, and it just was the thing that I continued to fall back on every time that I pivoted my business, every time that I wanted to try something different, every time that I had to kind of change or adapt I couldn't get away from storytelling I couldn't isn't it funny how our past always kind of find us and they smack us in the face until we accept them oh yeah yeah oh yeah oh yeah I was I was on I was actually getting interviewed on a podcast this morning Dom's podcast um and uh I was like I'm not like most people like somebody gets hit in the face with a two by four and they learn their lesson like I'm like no I still have 16 teeth left hit me a few more times right like oh yeah 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 oh that's totally the way it was because so I worked for this company and we did incredible things. And literally the same week I had my daughter. So I'm again, I was literally in the hospital with my daughter and that company fell apart. Okay. <laughs> and here I was again, right here. I was literally again, a uh, few years later now, but once again, like the whole, the rug had been pulled out mm-hmm. and it was like, now I really have to fall back on what I know and trust and love and can do. Um, and it's happening again right now. Yeah, well, so, because of this. Yeah, so. yeah. So I wanna, I wanna, I wanna rip the rug out of this one, right? So I've been oh, through great. this. I go, I go through this all the time, right? And for those of you like listening, so two funny things. Number one, Ellie and I know each other. We work together. She helps me tell my story. So we share tears a lot and growth and things like that. And then, oh yeah. Number two is if you're watching the video of this, you just met my wife through the shutters behind <laughs> me because um, she was yelling at the landscaper to turn it down because they decided to come weed whack outside my window while recording a podcast. So apparently, I need to put two not disturb signs or in studio recording on my lawn as well. <laughs> And what's really right. funny is I just had this realization. Why do I have landscapers? We have artificial turf. I actually wonder what they would do. I think they're just getting rid of weeds. Pretty funny. Um, so the reason I want to ask this is, as I think it's really prevalent. So as I hear you talk about this, Elia, and this whole podcast gets to be a story to be congruent, but I know that there's a part of things that come up for me. And I'm just going to venture out on a limb here and make a pretty aggressive statement that uh, once that story took off, you probably had thoughts of like, oh, it was luck or, oh, it wasn't me. And you basically advocated your ownership of it and gave other people credit and kind of refused to own it. Oh, yeah. And you know me well enough to know that that is my thing always. Mm-hmm. Always is my thing. So I have, uh, I have a question before I even let you get into this. Okay. Because I, I do want to explore this. I think it's a really important topic. And, and it, it's actually, in my opinion, probably one of the the required pillars in an accurate story is understanding all the parts of the motivators underneath it, even if you share it with different wrapping paper, right? Oh, yeah. So one of those other questions that I haven't asked anybody, so even if you've listened to the podcast, Ellie, you're not going to know. What does that cost you in your life and business? What is what cost Not me? owning your sovereignty or your greatness. Oh. It's cost me. So it's, it's a double-edged sword. It's cost me 
a lot, a lot of time, Mm -hmm. struggle. But on the flip side, I had to hit those bottom points because I'm a huge believer that you cannot know the top if you don't know the bottom, right? You cannot know one if you don't know the other. So it's cost me years of not telling stories, of not helping other people tell their stories, of not, you know, creating my own security for myself and my family. So the cost is super high. I do want to say you can know the top without standing in the bottom. You just have to see oh, yeah. the bottom. Like, don't, you, oh, yeah. you know there's lava down there. You don't have to jump in the volcano to figure it out, right? Like, I just yeah. I just want to – I want yeah. I, th- I think – the reason I'm asking this is because one of the critical parts for me, for everybody listening about story, about emotion, about humans, moving people forward, like you said it earlier, like the power of story is helping somebody move one step closer to their goals or to their vision or to that dream life. But I think, Elia, one of the parts that most people neglect about story is sharing the raw, authentic, deep down feelings and consequences that have allowed that to come out right like would you yeah and so when I think about this like you wrote this massive story went nuts about horse racing you know blah 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 I can't tell my wife right because we have lots of horses and that's our world too (laughs) like I'm surrounded by horses and then you had to go through like a growth process as as a human as a mother as a wife, as the bread, as a breadwinner, you know, money maker, as an entrepreneur, as a wait, this is what I'm really doing, and I venture that wasn't an overnight process. Oh no! So can you oh, kind no. of and walk that's... me through like what that was like? Oh my gosh! I mean, it was everything from the struggles daily of I'm not enough, I cannot do this. Uh. I will never be able to do this. What will people think all the way to, I suffered massively with postpartum anxiety and depression with my son. I mean, horrifically. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that all came into it. It was all of the failures of trying and trying and trying to write for different people and do different things and have it fail so many times. There's, there's, the, the beauty about stories is that your life is not, just it does not have to be just one there's so many stories Mm -hmm. and when I talk about storytelling I often talk about like every story has a lesson right the whole point of storytelling is you're trying to get someone somewhere or to see something there's one intention behind it and that one intention can come from a plethora of events in your life and that's what it was for me for sure is it was like I'm gonna have to take the reins, right? I'm going to have to do this for myself. And that didn't come from one that came from, you know, crying on the bathroom floor in the throes of postpartum depression and anxiety, not knowing how I'm going to get myself up off the floor. Uh, It came from putting in hundreds of applications for things when people trying to lean on the storytelling that I knew I was good at, but other people didn't see it or, and I didn't know how to present it in a powerful way. Uh, I mean, it just so much, all the ways that I lost, really, I think all the ways that I lost who I was in the process of all these things. So, so you could to. become who you are today. Yes. So looking back, yeah. looking back now, cause I think, I think this is important for everybody to understand. Like it's something we talk about openly in our mastermind. Obviously you and I talk about this a lot. 
but you know, you're like, oh, the failures, the failures, the failures. As you look back now, do you still see them as failures or do you see them as lessons? Oh no, they're all lessons. And so, and so now, like if you write a piece now and it doesn't work, how do you view that now? Oh, now I'm, I'm like, all right, let's try it a different way. That was great. Awesome. Sounds good. Like let's, let's, navigate this and and figure out what maybe didn't land for it yeah because i didn't work i think story right story isn't necessarily pred and i don't know much about story i'm just trusting my gut and intuition here guys i don't study any of this stuff i'm just leaning into whatever comes through my divine you know soul <laughs> right now but like for me i guess i okay I'll, I'll own that. I just put myself down. I am really good at telling stories. I'm really good at telling yeah, you stories. Are. I'm a good storyteller. I am. I'm not you good are. at writing them. I'm good at talking about them, right? You stick a quarter in me and watch out. Um, <laughs> actually, Elliot did that. She got three hours of it. And um, <laughs> But I, I think with stories, stories to be effective aren't necessarily always just predicated on how well you tell the story. It's also predicated on the receiver of the story, the timing of it when they see it, where they are like, cause you can have a story that could get anybody to their promised land, but if they're not at the start of that path, they can't get there. Yeah. Right. Like, is that, Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a hundred percent. And, and there's a number of ways that, you know, that's happened for me in my life and in my career. And, and I remember when I was writing consistently about horse racing, I would write something and I would tell my editor, this is total shit. It's junk. Sky- it's the worst thing I've ever written. Skyrocket. Absolutely. Guaranteed. Yep. Through the roof. Every time. And so every time I would say <laughs> that, he'd be like, awesome, great, thank you, perfect. <laughs> and then I'd write something that I was actually confident in, like, yeah, I like this one, and I love that. This is really great. Tanked now, every time. And that's just the humility of being a storyteller. Like, that's just well, so part of it. This happens to me a lot. Well, it's happened to me and a lot of people I work with. And I have a theory. I have a hypothesis on this, right? And I think you just said it in your answer to that too, right? It's like when you are unattached to the outcome, oh, yeah. it skyrockets. Yep. And the moment you're like, oh, this is my best work. Like, this is it. This is it. It's like kicked in the shins. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that yeah. is that pretty consistent? Oh, for sure. Because you and I see this all the time, 100%. right? Like I know this is probably the most I've talked on a podcast interview, but we can go back and forth on this all day. I think that's one of the biggest problems we've seen in marketing is that the moment you think your marketing is like effective and you're like, oh, this is it. I nailed it. We're, we've lost track of who it was for. Yeah. And, and that's the kicker because this, even when it comes to storytelling, and this is why I'm so passionate about the way that I teach it is because the stories that you tell are not for you. They're for the person hearing them. And therefore you need to speak to the human experience. And the moment you think you've figured out what it means to be human, that's the moment you lose the game. I think that's really important to kind of reiterate again. We talk about this in marketing. We say you have to meet them where they are. We talk about this in storytelling. You have to write the story for where they are, not for where you are. Yeah. Right. Because we talked about this beginning. I said, I, I think in order to write an effective story, you have to be on the other side of that. The dangerous game yeah. is that if you speak from that side, it's like a different language for people reading it. Yep. Right. And so, Absolutely. so I think it's actually a good thing when you're writing copy, when you're doing a video, when you're creating content, when you're sharing anything that you don't know, you're like, oh, I don't know how this is going to go. And it probably should feel foreign to you because you're not there anymore. It's almost it should almost feel like you're regressing a little bit. You're like, wait, I don't. Oh, 
I don't want to be back here. Oh, but, but that's where people are. And that's the power of stories. That's where you meet them to then bring them into where you are right now. Yeah, that's exactly what this, exactly how we utilize storytelling in marketing 150% through the copywriting or the content that someone creates is taking a look at where they are now and then being able to bridge the gap through to where they want to be um, in the future. And that is the story. I mean, that's 150% is the story. Yeah. And so we have to be able to get into that mindset of like the unknowingness of what it means to be human and also the beginner's mind of going back, regressing back to being like, what was this like for me when I started? That's, that's tricky. Well, and I think the, I'm actually hitting this a lot because like you're, you're sharing, and I don't know if everybody's hearing this, like foundationally, principally what you're sharing is literally you're talking about how there is no finish line of this game. It's iterative yeah. and iterative and iterative and iterative. And there's so many lessons in that for business, for life, for entrepreneurs, for self, right? Like, you know, I think about it right now, like, I'm like a lot of people put on the quarantine 20, you know, myself included with like 30. And I'm like, oh, I'm like I could go try to climb Mount Everest today. I'm going to die and it's not going to help me. But if I walk for 10 minutes, like, oh, I walk, I walk and it's, and it's iterative. And I think one of the things that I've struggled with, Elia, uh, and, and I know I'm not the only one, is sometimes I'm afraid to share a story because it doesn't encapsulate everything I want to share. I'm like, wait, it's missing, or I, there's more, or there's more, and there's more, and so I end up never sharing it or mm-hmm. not posting it, right? Like, you know, people say all the time, the best book is the one that's published, right? The best story, yeah. I'm assuming, is the one that's shared. How do you mm-hmm. how do you navigate that? Because I know I'm not the only one listening, right? Like, oh, I want to share my story, right? Like, I still want to do a podcast on my story. I'm probably going to read your post to do that <laughs> podcast because I'm like, oh, what if I miss this so I don't end up doing it? So. How do you navigate that when it comes to story? Like if somebody's writing a story for themselves or for their company or for their customers or for an ad or even just to share on stage, like how do you navigate the fact that like, oh, I'm going to miss parts of it or like, how do you do, how do you deal with that? That is probably the most complicated part of it for people because you have to get down to the minutia of the one single thing that you want to talk about, knowing that storytelling is not Storytelling is is the tool for communication. It is not the single story that makes the difference, Mm. right? And so it's understanding that like you are a sum of your parts. You are a sum of all the stories that you have to tell. And it's deciding which one do I need to tell right now. And that starts with by identifying what is it that I need someone to understand in order to enroll in who I am or the business that I have or the product or the service or whatever. It's like that it has to start there. Because stories that are told just to flap your gums will never land and won't do anything. It has to start before you even begin to tell a story with the purpose and the intention of the story. And knowing that there are lots of stories that can be told, but that every story just needs to have the single point that you want to drive home. And then you move to the next story. And that one of those points that you want to make, right, can come from a number of stories. You can tell it from a number of stories. One point doesn't have to be lined up or one lesson doesn't have to be lined up with one story. And that's the end of it. Mm -hmm. You may, right, like we always say, change the wrapping paper. Mm -hmm. Like you might tell a whole number of stories that all lead to the same point, which is where it becomes super powerful for the business is because if your business has core values or core things that you stand for, your job literally is to get as many people as you can to see that and understand that by speaking and 
talking about it in as many ways as you can so that it lands with this person in this way and that person in that way. And so it's getting into the minutia of each individual story and simplifying it, that every story needs to have one single point that is a thread that runs through the whole thing. And just being aware that it's the long, it is, it's the, it's the endless game. Well, and it's the eternal game. And so would you say that one of the biggest mistakes that people make with storytelling is they have either no focus or too many areas of focus? Absolutely. I would say that the number one mistake that people make is that they do not begin a story with an intention. Mm. They just think I'm going to tell a story. Ah, this thing happened to me and I'm just going to talk about it. But that serves no purpose. And that's where storytelling in business in particular gets really muddled is I was, I was literally, I just saw this thing the other day and somebody said, uh, it was posted somewhere. I can't even remember where it was. And the guy was like, uh, sorry, nobody wants to hear your story. And at first I was like, Ooh, you know, Hey man, what are you talking about? This is my business here. What are you doing? But then I listened to, I, I kind of read what he had to say and I listened to some of the, some of the comments and he was right, which is that nobody wants to just hear you talk about, uh, like how your business got started unless there is purpose and it ties back to something that they need or want. So unless it has a purpose, unless it has an intention, it, nobody's it's, it's, it has no use except for you to get it out there. Yeah. I want to say like what we're talking about is like how to use this in business entrepreneurship, right? If yes. you have never shared your story and you're finding your voice, of course, that is for you. That is cathartic yeah. and which, by the way, you have to do before you can effectively use that story Yes. for it to be effective. And so a uh, big mistake is writing a story without an intention, right? So yes. Yes. understanding that where the goal here is the goal is that we want to build a house. The story is the tool that we're going to use and there's multiple tools to do it, right? But you can't pick up a tool and build a house without a plan, right? So right. Exactly. It's, it's kind of like that, right? And I think another thing, and and I'm going to assume this is a mistake. I don't know, but I'm, you're here to back me up on this, right? So I think for me, another mistake and something I teach a lot is that the the purpose of a story, the purpose of words, the purpose of any of it is not to get somebody to read it. It's to get them to feel it. Yes. And I... I feel like when there's no intention, right, or no path, then it's just words, right? And then the other mistake underneath that, above that, or is like you want somebody to feel it. I think the other thing is people try to overcomplicate storytelling. They use too mm -hmm. many fluffy words. They drag it out. And it's like really – and this is just me. I'm making this up. But I, I believe that the effective part of a story would be the minimum viable dose to get somebody to feel something because once they feel it, they're enrolled. And then once yeah. they're enrolled – Anything after that point is just getting in the way of them taking action. Yes, absolutely. And the other mistake that goes along with that is people want other people to feel, because that's an absolutely one of the crucial parts. That's one of the pieces in my framework is the emotional piece. But the other part that happens is people are afraid to speak to those deeper emotions. And so they stay super surface level. Mm. And that is not effective. If you're talking super surface level in terms of, um, you know, I was feeling this way or I the, even what happens even more so than that is the actions that I was taking, mm -hmm. which are happening because of an emotion, which are happening because of a core experience. 
sticking to those really surface level emotions is probably one, the other really big mistake that people make. They think that that's enough, just talking about the actions that are being driven by the emotions. But you have to get into some of that real raw stuff. Yeah. That's what connects. Yeah. And so I lo- actually, like this is kind of like spelling itself out. So mistake number one that we found, because we're at three mistakes right now. Mistake number one is that the biggest mistake is writing story or telling story without an intention. Mm-hmm. Mistake number two is bloated, uh, extraneous story that's lacking feeling, right? And uh, it's kind of like surfacy and transactional. But then mistake number three is I would almost call it like skimming over the feeling, like not giving it texture, right? That's the word yes. that always comes up for me, right? So yep. I think for me, like, you know, if we go look at our habits right now and like what we consume online, and I we talk about this a lot, but if you go look at like, what was the last post that you actually clicked on and read? It probably wasn't because you're like, oh, I liked the word that I read. It's probably because you felt something, right? It reminded you of something. You smelled something. You remembered something. You, It hit a neural pathway in your brain, right? And so I think, and I'm summarizing what you said, giving it depth and texture versus transactions. You can be like, oh, you know, when I was angry, or you can be like, I woke up depressed. It was challenging to put my feet on the floor, and I felt like it took every ounce of energy in my body to the point where I would collapse just to put my socks on before I went to work today. Beautiful storytelling. Right. But like, but it is, it is truly, I'm, I'm genuinely saying like, yeah. it's beautiful storytelling because, and what's so funny about this is that literally as you and I are having this conversation, my storytelling framework is unfolding right now. Like it is like when I deliver this at the end, you'll be like, Whoa, yeah. yeah. But the reason that my storytelling framework is the way that it is, is because storytelling is, human to us but when we try to do it with intention we fall apart mm-hmm. and it gets super overcomplicated. but you're absolutely right because the details allow the details in the story are the key vessel for letting someone be dropped into the emotion mm-hmm. and it's only in doing that that you can evoke the same emotion in somebody else totally. and we cover the, for all of you listening if you haven't done my captain's assessment to go away for free you're fucking dumb because this, yeah, this, this covers all of it. Like, it, and, and actually, it's something we talk about all the time where most businesses fail because they transact with words, right? They yeah. transact with words. They don't invoke feelings. They don't invoke emotion. I'm getting fucking fired up right now. Woo! They don't invoke the emotions that are, are kind of required. And, and really, it frustrates me because the people that are consuming your stories want to be led. They want to be brought somewhere. But I think the fourth mistake, like the way that I would summarize it, is that the stories that I see put people in their heads and not in their bodies. Uh, yes. Right? And so yes. like I'll use – and like trust me, I, I'm a pattern matcher, right? I've studied NLP. So you use a word. I use it back to you. I use words I don't even know what they mean, right? But I was <laughs> like I think it fits in the context. People are like, yeah, bro. Yeah. And I was like I used Placate earlier and I had to go look up the definition to make sure I was right. And I was like – I, I don't think I've ever looked it up, right? But the truth is, is that, you know, we've heard for years and like call it copywriting, call it storytelling, call it conversion, optimization, whatever. Everyone's like, oh, you got to write it at an eighth grade level. And everybody thinks that's bad and wrong. But I think it's really important oh, to dive into this. why it's important. Oh my gosh. If you have somebody's attention, if you have somebody's attention, like you pattern interrupted them with an image or a video and an ad and you get them to read, they stopped because they felt something. And the moment you speak above their head where you use a word they don't know or a complicated sentence or a run-on sentence and they have to think, you've lost the entire game because they went from feeling back up to their head, right? Like am I 
talk to me about this, Elia, because I'm I'm about to soapbox it like crazy. No, you're going to get me fired up about this because I buck the system all the time. And you and I have conversations about this and I have conversations with your team about this also, which is like, we are not, you are, your marketing is speaking to a human being. Yes. You are speaking to a human being and that human being operates on core human values. And for some reason, and I'm going to try not to get really fired up, but like, this is the big thing for me. For some reason, we think it's okay to dismiss that in the way we speak through our marketing. You are speaking to a human and that human is motivated by emotion and that human is going through a journey that we can all understand on a very basic human level. Why are we not talking about that in marketing? Marketing has become this like very surface level game of like, let's talk about pain points. Let's talk about uh, the problems that someone is having. And I'm like, can we talk about the human for a minute? And to me, that's where the storytelling comes in. And I've done this in my copywriting so much. And, and you know, this cause we've worked together is like, can we get down to some of the core human emotions that people are experiencing that they are experiencing now, but also that the possibility of what they could be experiencing. And I get super fired up about it because for me, manipulating pain points is not an emotional trigger. It's manipulation. Mm -hmm. And so much of the marketing is so surface level. We've forgotten about the fact that we are talking to humans and we are all in a human experience. Well, and like even the fact that like we've forgotten about it, this is probably the biggest way that I double, triple, quadruple 100x companies in a matter of seconds because I take their marketing where they're like, oh, you probably feel like this and feel like this and feel like this. I'm like, why don't you just say, I feel like shit and I'm struggling with this. And all of a sudden, 100 people come flooding in like, I've been waiting for you to invite me in. Oh, I've yeah. been waiting for you to create common ground, right? Like the, the thing is, is that when you sit here and like you nailed it, right? You're like, oh, like you're not doing it right or you're doing email wrong or you're doing social wrong. What you're doing is you're projecting and it's all surfacey, right? They already know that. That's why they're yeah. consuming your content. What they're waiting for is to feel understood or seen by you being able to identify their feelings that they can't put a name to. So they go, ping or aha. And then this is where you start getting the feedback. Like, how'd you know what I was thinking? It's like you were in my mind. Like, how did you know that? I'm like, well, because there's only really two core fears that you're born with and like four core emotions. and And the job is to get them there. That's it, right? Absolutely. And so we waste our time talking about all these surface level things and honing in on like, how much more can I dig in a pain point? How much more can I throw more at you? How much more can I spend on ads or, you know, change the copy again and again and again? And it's like, just stop. Like, what is that human experiencing right well, now and, that, and you nailed it when you were like they only have so many you only have so many core emotions you feel as a human yeah yeah like and like, like here, here's the thing like this is what we talk about transacting versus transformation right and 100%. you guys have heard me say this before i'm like if you try to convince somebody to buy you lose them forever you have to enroll them and what elliot just said when you're like here's my value stack and here's my boom and you're doing this 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 all it's really doing is pushing the person away because it's making away. them feel bad and wrong, which is the fucking opposite of what you want to do. 
And the moment you stop all that bullshit and you go to like, hey, you might be feeling overwhelmed because you're doing this wrong and doing this wrong and doing this wrong and you don't have to because it's here and you put like a deeper texture feeling to it or it's like, hey, I know you're used to being like your email's wrong, you're burning yourself out, but none of us give a shit about that. Really what it is is you're frustrated because you're giving your heart and the results aren't coming. Yes. And now it's adding evidence to the fact that if you're like me as an entrepreneur, now you don't feel like you're good enough. You want to add more time and energy to your plate. And now you get burnt out with adrenal fatigue and your business fails. Yep. Right. Like those are the things like, I, I think like the takeaway of this is like, if I can give anybody anything, it's always to think about like, how is this going to make somebody feel versus think? Yes. Right. Like it just, just even changing the lens in which we look at it to like, oh, I'm about to write this caption. Awesome. Is somebody going to have to think about this or is this going to invoke an emotion? Does this, does this make them feel like, is this going to get the spidey senses going, the tingling and you know, it fits into five buckets. Elliot knows this all day, humor, controversy, education, credibility, and social status, right? Those are the reasons people consume and share. And so, yeah, that's like a masterclass and the mistakes not do not make those mistakes in your storytelling. Yeah. Do not. Yeah. It's a bad yeah. day. And all of, I mean, it's, it's like all across the board in, in copy and content in all of these things. And I, I teach all the time. And, and again, like I go against the grain when I say this and people think that I'm nuts, but it, it works is that I don't write to pain points. I write to possibility. Totally. So I write to what's possible and that is what we all need as humans is the possibility that the emotion and the way you experience life can be something that it's not. Well, let me just tell everybody why it's effective. If somebody's consuming your content, they already fucking know the pain point. Let's not yes. remind them. Like this whole thing, like this marketing bullshit I've seen for years, like let's agitate the pain point. I'm like, yeah, nothing like kicking a dog when it's down, right? Like how about like, hey, I get it. Like let's not, but like this is where you can go and like you might be feeling this way. But now that you're aware of it, you move this forward, right? So I actually yeah. have a question, uh, a different like kind of, right? So we talked about, actually, we hit like four big mistakes that people make. What do you think is one of like the most commonly neglected parts about telling stories that's really just like a two-second fix that everybody could do right now? Like if they thought about it this way or if they included this in every post or if they said this in every story – that it would like literally drastically change the trajectory of their, their business or their storytelling or their customers' lives. I think we hit on it is, is go for some deeper emotions. Stop going surface level, go for some deeper emotions. And this is what I tell people, you know, so we kind of got to this a little bit before, but it's like, how do you begin to tell a story? There's so much fear around people talking about their own personal stories and I say this all the time, like you have lived a life to have the stories that you have, mm-hmm. and you are doing that life a disservice if you're not talking about them. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with this simple fix. It's like you are doing a disservice to the people that you are speaking to if you are not speaking to those deeper emotional uh, things that we all feel. And so that's the thing that I think everybody, if we just went to some of these deeper emotional states of like not surface level, but what's actually going on underneath the surface that's driving us to do some of the things that we do and including those emotions into the stories. I think we would have a totally different landscape of marketing. Well, I'm glad everybody is in because then people like us get to come in, right? And we get to love people and heart people and though we all end up here and everybody listen to this, like you're at a massive advantage right now. But like, (laughs) I, I think, I think Elia, like, 
I think it's important. Like, and, and we're not talking about difficulty here, right? Like it's the difference between being like giving a feeling, a label and giving it texture, right? Like yes. that's the way that I see it, right? Like you can go right all day. You're like, oh yeah, you're angry, right? Oh, of course I'm angry, right? Or it's like, oh, I woke up like just the way to the world and I didn't know if it was sadness or anger and it took everything to put a foot in front of myself. And it's like all of a sudden it goes from a word to a holy shit, feeling. that's how I feel. Yeah. Holy yep. crap, that's what I do. And just understanding that if you just give a little like window, it's almost like you tell a story about the emotion or yes. about the feeling as a bigger part of the story. And so I think to sum that answer up, it's like as you think about yourself now, as you're writing captions, as you're writing stories, every time an adjective comes across your desk, ask yourself, how can I describe the adjective without using the word? Yeah. Right. So it's like, Absolutely. I want to write angry. Okay, cool. How can you say angry without using the word? I want to write sad. How can you show sad without using the word? Right. And remember, like we're talking about story. We're visual creatures. Visual doesn't mean that you have to see an image or see a video. It means that it has to invoke a vision in your brain. Right. Yeah, it has to absolutely. create that. So I love, oh man, yeah. I'm getting excited. Yeah, that's absolutely what it is. And, and so I teach the levels of detail that go into these kinds of things. And, and it's similar in that we talk about emotions on the surface level. It's similar when you start injecting detail into story is that mm. detail like that, like you're talking about has layers mm -hmm. of intricacy. Right. And, and so it's talking about those emotions. Like if you're going to take anger out of it, if somebody's standing 10 feet away from you, how are they seeing that anger? Mm -hmm. If they're standing face to face, what does that anger look like? And inside your body, what does that anger feel like physically, mm. right? Those are layers of detail. And it's about adding the layers so that you bring someone deeper and deeper and deeper into the story that you're telling um, by getting them there, showing them that. And I think what's important is understand I, why. Like I'm always about why. Why is this so valuable? You're utilizing the levels of depth of your story to bring somebody deeper into their own. Absolutely. And and that's why the intention is so important to begin with. And, and really, like the win of storytelling is not that you somebody reads your story and they're convinced that you're great and they're convinced that you're the hero. It's that somebody reads your story and they get convinced that they can be their own hero. Absolutely. Right. Like, and, yeah. And nobody can get there when it's just like, oh, you're going to be a rock star. You're going to be a fitness model. You're going to be a good entrepreneur. And they're like, yeah, okay. I've been telling myself that for 35 years. Right. It's yeah. like, no, they have to like viscerally feel it. And you have to invoke that in, in everything that you do. Um, God, that's so good. So good. So I have a, I have another question. I'm going to talk about story all day. I'm getting fired up right now. Um, <laughs> And I have another question for you. We'll hit on another one, but like I, I think it's interesting. And and for entrepreneurs, listen, we're not doing a whole episode on how to go from uh, service based business to consultant. And Ellie, I've had a right. that's actually how Ellie and I met. Yeah, that is right. That yeah. was the question you asked me. That was the question that I asked. Is how do you make that transition? Yeah, so yeah. we'll cover that in a different. And episode. actually, and actually, to back up from that, the reason that I even got enrolled in the first place. So someone referred me, but the reason that I got enrolled in the very first place was because you were the very first entrepreneur that I ever saw openly speak about emotions. Yes. Yeah. Ima imagine that. Like I don't, I don't shit rainbows don't. and ride unicorns around. Right. Like I'm like, no, life yeah. is hard sometimes. Like that's, yeah. that's where these moments come from. So, so before I get into uh, any more story, 
I have another question for you because I, I just I love mixing this in, right? So we know a lot about you. We know a lot about your motherhood, your postpartum anxiety, this transition, right? What is one thing you've been afraid to tell the world that nobody knows about you that you have to now as I sit here in silence? Oh my goodness, what a question. <sighs> you have to be selfish in life. For the first time in my life, I am being selfish. I am saying, and actually you've been a huge catalyst on this in a number of ways, of course, but I, for the very first time in my life, and I've never said this to anybody yet, not even my husband, um, I am A, sitting in the rooms I want to sit in unapologetically, mm -hmm. sitting in the rooms I've been afraid to take up space in just totally unapologetically, like I get to be here because I've brought myself to this place, mm -hmm. um, and two, not taking on other people's shit. I'm being selfish in that. So I'm be, I, for the first time in my life, after all the years of motherhood and all the years of service to other people, I am recognizing how important it is to be a little selfish. Oh, you're putting your oxygen mask on first? Yeah. Yeah. What does Imagine it, that. What does it feel like? Life is a lot better this way when you can breathe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Life is a lot better when you can breathe. Yeah. So, Hugely. so first of all, super proud of you for that. And everybody, everybody listening, Thanks. that was a lesson that took me 36 years, 36 years to get to. Right. And I, I think I'm, I figured out the lesson and there's modulation between it and out of it. Right. And, and that's, oh yeah. but here's the difference. I tell all of you and I use it as the power of story. And you guys are like, this guy's fucking cuckoo. Like, that's why we named this the mind of George show, right? You have no idea what you're going to get. Cause uh, welcome to what it's like to be my wife. Every, everybody send everybody go send Lindsay Jean flowers, chocolates, you know, um, horses. I just don't want to pay for them, whatever you want. Um, so we're talking about story, Elia, and I actually think this is something that I struggled with the most is what story does everybody tell first? Right. So, ah. so people right now, right. We're marketing, we're, we're designing customer journeys. We're running ads. We have products. We have all of this. And we're like, God, oh, we want deeper emotion. We, we want to do this, right? And I will tell you what is not effective. What is not effective is taking your current marketing and trying to add feelings without personal experience, right? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. manipulation. That's lying. That's why it never works. And you can smell it like dog shit from 25 miles away, right? So what story does everybody tell first? Like if everybody's listening to this right now and they're like, God, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Like how do they go about figuring out what story to tell first? Yeah. Tell the story of why you do what you do the way you do it. Mm. So your business stands for something. Your very existence stands for many things, but some things you hold closer than others. The very first story that you need to be telling is why you do that the way you do it. Like, why is that important to you? Where did that come from in your life? And the moment that everything changed that's the first story that if, if people could start telling those stories, we would do less pushing our experience on others and more inviting people into our space. Ready? So I'm going to, because we would, yeah, I love it. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go on the other side. I'm going to go to the wrist side. but yeah, but like, what if people don't like my story? What if, what if like, I don't want to say that part of it, right? Like I'm going to tell you right now, the most invigorating part about storytelling is going Eminem and eight mile. Like just throwing it all on the table. Like I do live in a trailer with my mom. Like 
a lot of you ask me, like, I'm actually wearing a hoodie that says unapologetically authentic right now. Um, find that really unique. <laughs> and I'm going to share this and I don't talk about this ever, especially on my own podcast, but it's time. Civilized caveman was successful on paper because I was hiding through story. I used story to protect myself. And so you guys are like, Oh, he's talking about bulimia. He's talking about sexual abuse. He's talking about this. But the only stories that ever came out of me were calculated to keep you at a distance, right? You'll notice I told the stories with confidence. I told them very clearly. I talked about them very openly. Right. And it wasn't until about a year and a half ago where I learned that, um, you can't manipulate an authentic story. The story has to come out. But what I was afraid of is that if I didn't share my story, nobody would like me, right? Nobody would know me. Nobody would follow me because I couldn't get attention. So I would, you know, you know, add fluff, things like that. And then when I started telling my story, I'm like, oh, but they can't know all of it, right? Because then they're going to leave me and they're going to leave me and they're going to leave me. And there was some few defining moments in my life. Um, but here's what I found. Now I'm unapologetically my authentic self. Like what you hear on this podcast is me. Me as the husband, the father, the business owner, the guy who struggles, has depression, anxiety, PTSD, and then has moments of joy, rainbows. And I have way more rainbows, unicorns, and care bears than I do anything else. So I'm okay with that now. Um, but it really requires a level of self-integrity and self-honesty before you can even get to the intention of story. Yeah. Because what I will tell you is the biggest mistake that I ever made is I told stories that weren't ready to be told and they had a bigger detriment than they did a positive effect because that was a deep, deep, deep hole. And so, you know, as we talk about this, we think about this, we talk about story, our stories belong in the world. But I would, I would say that if you're in the middle of a hero's journey, complete it, right? You got to remember that yeah. the last part of the hero's journey is you shared the story to help the village, not before you slay the dragon or during the slaying the dragon, right? So make sure you're on the other side of the story. And, um, I actually think it's healthy to have the fear of like, what are people going to think about me? Because that's how I know you're telling the truth. That's how I know you're putting it out there. And that's what it is. And so for me, a good tool, and I think you use this a lot too. It's like, I call it the jugular objection, right? Like you just got to go straight for the jugular objection. Like our supplement company, right? Like our creatine pills are literally too big for horses to take. So my first email <laughs> says, these are giant. If you want a refund, we'll give you your money back. We don't get any refunds because we call it out for what it is. And so yeah. for me, would you would you say um, that one of the paths to effective storytelling is running to the most fearful part of the story first or including those fearful parts of the story and giving it a voice and giving it light? Yeah. I mean, I don't think that stories without those are doing the story justice. Mm -hmm. Like you have to go to those. Mm -hmm. That's right. Like I said before, like you got to be able to see those things. Yeah. You got to go right for the jugular. Mm -hmm. And, and it is this incredible balance of recognizing when a chapter has closed and knowing that now is the time that you can speak to that. And then the other beautiful thing for me is recognizing now as I'm in the middle of it, of having the lens of I am currently writing a story. Yeah. A story is being written around me. Yeah. And I actually think that's a really good point to hit, right? Because what, what we talk about here is there's, there's really two sides of marketing. The way that I see it, there's two sides of business, two sides of support that you can give people. And you just hit the second one. We've been talking about the first one. The first one is telling the story from the other side over the bridge and then building yeah. the bridge to help people get there. And then the other side of storytelling is documenting the process of building the bridge and inviting people along with you. Yes. Yeah. And 
the documentation again requires humility totally right to be like i don't have the answers right now and that's i think that's so different in how you market right mm-hmm. is you're like i don't have the answers to this right now but i'm in the middle of it and i'm figuring it out and here's what's coming up and here are the observations and so observations can also be stories without being an entire chapter without having a full stop intention behind them the intention sometimes is just i've had this observation because i'm in the middle of something right you will welcome to every sitcom every movie everything yeah. that leaves you with the zygarnik effect and open loops at the end of it right like yeah. craving more wanting more but also that's a part of you i almost said humanology that's a part about being a human i'm like make i make up words i like humanology i need i need a georgianary right like just georgisms (laughs) and words and i don't like i'm not like egotistical about it i just like i just make up words all the time and i own them with such confidence that people like oh that's a word i'm like i have no idea that just came out i have no idea um that's such a, a a such a powerful thing and i think you know, like really, I can't think of any moment. I don't, I don't know about you, like anything that doesn't require a story, like how we talk to our kids, how we communicate, how we tell our friends how our days were. Like everyone's like, oh, how was dinner last night? You're not like good. You're like, oh, I had this restaurant and I had this. And I, I think, Elliot, one of the things for me that helped me understand this a lot better, I've naturally always been able to tell stories because I used stories as a survival tool when I was younger to survive mm-hmm. abuse and things like that. But I struggle with it a lot as an adult because I didn't realize how naturally gifted we are as humans. Human beings tell stories 24 seven, but yet I've watched entrepreneurs come into this game and they're like, I can't write copy. I can't write an ad. I can't be on video. I can't write a blog post. I can't tell a story that won't work. I can't write a sales page. And I was like, well, you do it every single day. You tell your kids stories to put them to bed. You tell them stories to get them out the door to school on time, half the time, right? Like, you relate, yeah. you emote. So like, how do you collapse that bridge? Right. So like somebody's listening to this, they're like, Oh my God, like this is great. It's great. But I don't have, I can't write a story. I can't write a story. I'm like, how do you just start to put that into motion? And I think we might as well transition right into like giving everybody that gift of yours. And so yeah, why don't sure. you just, why don't you kickstart into that and, and share with everybody the framework, <laughs> how to put it into practice? Because if you're listening to this right now, pause this and get a pen and a piece of paper or listen through it and then come back and listen to it because this is going to blow your mind and I want you to use this and and I'm going to be harsh right now if you listen to this and don't use this just don't listen to another episode like just don't like seriously don't because one of the things about stories that evolves every day authors continue to write to get better entrepreneurs we continue to learn to grow life we continue to learn to get better and iterate this is a tool that will live in your toolbox forever and there is no spot that you will ever not use this. And I've been through this. I've taught it with her. I've watched it taught. Uh, this is a gift that people pay lots of money for. So that's my ultimatum. And I can't tell this works on the honor system. But if I find out, I'll kick you in the shin. So go ahead. <laughs> I love it when you say it. I've, I've, I've been on the receiving end of I'm going to kick you in the shins. It works. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. So the thing is, like, you hit on it so so succinctly there is that storytelling is our form of human communication. It is how we communicate with others. Unfortunately, what's happened is when it comes to intentionally telling stories, we've managed to just complicate the shit out of it. (laughs) Like, I don't know. We've just gone way the other direction of like, you can't tell a good story. You don't know how to tell a good story. You can't do this um, unless you have these exact pieces, which is exactly why I use my framework with just three simple pieces in it. So there's three three pieces that exist within a story, and each of those have three levels to them. Um, and 
so the three pieces are a moment of transformation, a character who goes through a moment of transformation, emotion, and detail. All good stories have those three components in them. And that's really all you need to create a great story. So the moment of transformation means that there is a single lesson or there's a transformation that a character goes through. And at the other side of that transformation, there is a lesson to be learned out of it or a piece of knowledge to be gained out of it. And so when you begin to tell stories, you tell what you start with that in mind of like, what is the actual point, a single point that I want to make out of this story. And from there, you're looking at, okay, what was the single moment in my life that that happened for me, that things shifted and I learned that. And that requires the most stillness, introspection, reflection of the whole process mm -hmm. of going back and saying like, where did that happen for me? What was the single moment that everything shifted? Mm -hmm. Because there is a life that you were living and a before state, right? As George always talks about, there's a before state that you were in. And then there is a single transformation that occurred. And then there is an after state mm -hmm. that you're in, right? So it all, uh, it all, mirrors that in mar the same thing in marketing. So you're looking for this single moment of transformation because an entire story, that's what it is. It's life before the moment of transformation, the moment of transformation itself, and life after the moment of transformation for that single piece of knowledge that you want to impart on someone else or share. So that's the very first thing. And so it's looking at what did I struggle with? What wasn't working for me? What was so difficult all the time? Uh, you know, what was the cost of my before this? What was the, like, we just talked about mm -hmm. the cost. What was the cost of life before this? And then also the after, and then coming down to the single pinpoint when that happened. So that's the first part is that you need to understand the intention, what you're giving away, what the, the wisdom is out of it. And the single moment that that comes down to mm -hmm. life before that moment in life after. And then we get into the emotions of it. And so the we do not have the right to talk about somebody else's deep core surface uh, emotions and unless we make our way down into that. And so speaking to emotions is this art of starting with the surface, but then making your way down into the more core emotions of that moment of transformation. So it's a gradual decline. It's <clears throat> yes. yeah, yeah, right. So, so envision like, hey, nice to meet you. Hey, you want to get coffee? Oh, you want to date a little while? Oh, you want to get monogamous? Oh, you want to get married? Right? Not exactly. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's this slow. It's a journey. It. The story is a, it journey. is a journey. It's a journey. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you're looking at in that moment when the when the emotions are coming up. Right. We're looking at what's happening on the surface, the surface level emotions. We're looking at what's happening beneath the surface. And then we're looking at the very core experiences as a human. So these things that we all struggle with, like fear and worthiness, mm -hmm. right? Like which are like two really core ones that come up. And so you have to be able to look at emotions in that way. And the key to being able to put those emotions into the story comes in in the third part of the framework, which is the detail and detail is what helps somebody else really get dropped into the story that you are telling. And just the way that we work down through levels of emotions, you're going to work down through levels of detail. So when you're thinking about that moment of transformation and you're thinking about where you were and what's going on around you and how you're feeling again, like I said before, you're looking at from almost like a 3000 foot view. What did this look like? You know, what were the, what were, what were the, the colors of things and the way that 
you could recognize almost something from an airplane, right? Like the way the river bends or the way the mountain comes up or all of these things that you're able to see from 3000 feet. And then as you work your way down, again, it's like if you're standing face to face with something, what does this look like in that level? So these are the things like the textures of things, right? The really finite detail of the things that are happening. Um, the way that things felt like underhand or underfoot, the way they feel in the body. And then the very final level of the detail is being able to go all the way down into how did this feel in my body? So this is the thing of not just saying like I was sad and I was crying, but it's the thing of like tears are hot and tears have this tendency to sort of sit on the edge of our eyes before they fall. Mm -hmm. Those are experiences within the body and having those, being able to speak to those experiences of how the emotions manifest in such levels of detail is again, what somebody else, no matter man, woman, I don't care who you are, you know, that those feelings of a tear falling, you know, those as a human. And so it's being able to speak to that level of detail of in the body, what we're all experiencing. And so it's looking at all of the senses that you can use in order to describe that transformation. And so all stories just come down to being able to identify what's the moment of transformation, pack that full of the emotion, but not just speaking about the emotion, but speaking about it in the levels of detail so that someone can drop themselves into the story that you're telling. And now they can feel uh, what's happening in their own body. Mm -hmm. And that's storytelling in a nutshell. So I'm going to make this easy for you because you can listen to this a lot. So Elia, as on our website, that story about me and yeah. my life in that exact framework on her website at heyelia.com, H-E-Y-E-L-I-Y-A.com. And mm. in our Facebook group, which all of you should be in, our Relationship Speed Algorithms group, on the top right, there's a little tag section. And this episode, when it drops, there'll be a tag there called Storytelling. And there will be a post by Elia that gives you a link to this document. Though You have the framework and you have the story. Hint, hint. Look at the framework. Look at the story she wrote about me. Take two and two together, <laughs> add it and make it four, and then write your own. Because what you're looking for is the principles and the foundations here that help it go. And one little hack I have that helped me a ton, Elia, with this, um, right as we wrap, is what you're talking about, that moment of transformation, right? Like an example for me is like I walked up to my office door and I couldn't get in because there was a foreclosure sign. Everyone's like, what? Right? Like it's that like kind of pattern interrupt, right? Or like when I yeah. held my son for the first time, whatever, I always struggled to wrap story around that. And then I just realized that every book I have in my life, every single chapter starts with that. And yeah. so like go to your favorite book and like just read the first paragraph of everyone. And like you'll see this framework and action. You're like, oh, and it's what gets you gripped to read and gets you emotionally in. And so I just want everybody to know you're surrounded by examples of this all the time. And so I want you to observe, look foundationally at what they're doing. And then start applying these principles into your life and understand that this is not a, a perfect game. Like you're not going to wake up tomorrow and be like, I'm a master storyteller. Copywriters never stop learning. Storytellers never stop telling stories. Artists never stop creating music. Poets never stop writing poems, right? Authors never stop writing books. It's constant evolution. Getting into the practice of it with the right tools and the right mindset, I think is going to be the biggest secret for everybody. So uh, Elia, yeah. best place for everybody to find you. Hey, Elia.com. H-E-Y-E-L-I-Y-A. Dot com. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing all of this. Any closing words, parting words for everybody? Thank you for having me, George. And I just want to say that the 
uh, act of storytelling is courageous in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So that is courage. So just the act of going out and saying, I'm just going to tell a single story. You are already taking the step to be courageous. And the other thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to drop the full training for my storytelling framework in the group also so that people can go there and get the complete training. You are welcome. It'll get over. It'll have the Come over. it'll have the workbook, but the whole training. It's like a 30-minute masterclass on this. Okay, I'm my job. I didn't know it was coming. So Ellie wins the game. No better way to end the episode. <laughs> so guys, remember that relationships will always beat algorithms. I'm sure I'm gonna say this in the outro, but please make sure you subscribe, review, and let's say tell three friends that could use the power of storytelling set in this episode. Elliot, thank you so much for being here. Have a beautiful day. Everybody listening, we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode. And like I said in the beginning, and probably a ton of times throughout, make sure you subscribe to the show if you want to hear more. Now, leave a review if you like me. Actually, don't leave a review if you like me. Just leave a review if you feel so inclined. But I'm going to ask you because it helps other people find this. And I'm going to give you a little marketing lesson in the outro of this anyways. Go to mindofgeorge.com so you can get into our crazy family and also get a free gift my team and I made for you. Now, here's the thing. There's only four types of customer journeys and I'm sending you to one page to cover all of it. But our job is to give you everything that you need to succeed as an entrepreneur. See, what I want is I want you to be in our family. I want to be in a relationship with you. And I want you to have a win before I ever get a win. And so on that page, you'll see some of the best stuff that we have, our top podcast episodes, our free courses we put together, our free content. And there's one in particular that I'm super proud of. We put together a free 30-day transformational marketing course, literally just need your email so you can get in and get into the membership site. We talk about the two most important documents in your business, your lighthouse and your avatar sheet, which we now call the beacon of beliefs in your captain's assessment. We teach you about the conscious and subconscious customer journey, how to have congruency in your marketing, the psychology of email marketing marketing, the six email sequences that your business needs to have right now to win, the two most wasted pieces of real estate and digital marketing that you can fix right now, my special five-part email recipe, and how to reframe your card abandonment strategy so you don't insult people's intelligence anymore, plus whatever else I can come up with on a certain level of crazy, because my mission is to teach you that relationships will always beat algorithms, and I'm ready to be on your team, I'm ready to be in your corner, and it's time for you to win a gold medal. So make sure you go to mindofgeorge.com, and we'll see you in the next episode. I love you all. Bye.